welcome to the Men of Sorrows podcast. I am William Lloyd, a man of sorrow. Our podcast is committed to supporting and encouraging men to process their grief in order to heal and return to joyful living in the midst of great sadness. Although it's directed towards men, all are welcome to tune in and participate. The reason for the Men of Sorrows finding joy The reason why we're geared toward men is the fact that in most of the grief support groups I attended after the death of my son, men were noticeably absent and one of the oft heard reports of the wives, mothers, sisters about the men in the family was they are angry and they keep busy. Big boys don't cry was a phrase I grew up with, but here men are invited to cry, mourn, and express their emotions by following the example of the best, bravest, and strongest man that ever lived, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 5.7 says during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And Isaiah 51 declares that Jesus was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. Today's podcast is sponsored by TGB Web Media, a New Jersey CEO company. The best website, builders who are able to get you top results in Google searches. All of the information for TGB Web Media is in the show notes. And if you're looking for a really good company to build your company's website, check them out. Well, today we look at the promises of resurrection life from the book of 1 Corinthians. So without further delay, here is today's meditation. Something that brings me hope and carries me through the grief and mourning are passages and promises from the scriptures. And as you know, through the podcast, we have gone through certain scriptures and looked at the promises of Jesus, and they're mentioned often. And you'll notice on some podcasts, some of the guests, that was not what helped them. That had nothing really to do with their grief journey. And that's okay, too. I want to offer the hope held out in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to offer hope today in your morning. And maybe some of you never have heard some of these scriptures. In the book of Corinthians, Paul addresses the key aspect of our faith. And the key aspect of our faith is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you look through the book of Acts, when they evangelized, the resurrection was the central point. The resurrection was mentioned over and over again. It's funny that you see no mention of hell, no mention of hell versus heaven, no mention of penal substitution or anything like that. What you see is an emphasis on the resurrection. And the reason that is, I believe, and I think you will agree, those that are in deep grief and mourning, is The gospel means good news, and there was no better news for the disciples to spread than this life is not all there is. And the loved ones that we have lost, we will see again because Jesus Christ conquered death 
and that there is life beyond this earth, beyond this age. So we're going to pick up, Paul is talking and writing to the Corinthians about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the question came up that, well, Jesus really wasn't raised from the dead. Jesus didn't rise from the grave. And Paul is saying that, well, if that's true, if that did not happen, then our faith means nothing. It means nothing. And in verse 20, he says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, and the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. So when we, when we look at this passage, the, it's quite clear that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and that because of that, we will be made alive at death. Death has now become a gateway into the kingdom of God. God designed it that way. It's a mystery. We may never know why. And it's okay to question why does he let all this sin and death go on. One thing that we do know is that this life is not all there is. And there's something greater, far greater, waiting. And notice that he, he calls death an enemy. And I think we can all agree that death is an enemy. No matter what form it is in, death is an enemy. Even when we say things like, well, they lived a long life, they lived a good life. We were just at a funeral of an old football coach of mine, actually, and he was 90. And a lot of people, that's a good run. That's a good run. Well, when you saw the tears and the heartache and the crying of his wife, <laughs> death is still an enemy, you see. It's still an enemy. And it's been defeated. And that's, that's central to the gospel. Now, Paul goes on to say that, I mean, he, he, he kind of elaborates on now on this whole thing of the resurrection, right? He says, but someone may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he determined. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind and the splendor of the earthly body is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another, 
and stars different from stars in splendor. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, and it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. So you see, Paul compares our death to putting a seed in the ground. And if you ever planted seeds, I planted tomato seeds one year. I put this little ugly thing in the ground, and after a while, beautiful green leaves with red tomatoes on it came from that little seed. And Paul's saying that when our body dies, these bodies are like seeds for our spirit. We enter in to the eternal realm, and we're given a spiritual body. Now, there's arguments among the theologians how that happens, when it happens, but we are given a spiritual body. And it seems, if you couple this testimony here with what people are saying that have had near-death experiences, they seem to be themselves. They're not visible to the human eye. And that always made me wonder, like, yeah, this is nonsense. And it made me wonder that, well, maybe God, in the end of all things, there's nobody in heaven now. And in the end of all things, all of us will be resurrected like Jesus. But I don't know. We're given, it seems like we're given these spiritual bodies of light and energy. Now that throws me too. And I remember talking to my brother, who's a chiropractor and a nutritionist, etc. He's a pretty deep thinker. And he said, he said, your body right now is mostly carbon and water. So why would it be so hard to believe that you could have a body? And we don't see electrons and protons we don't see photons we don't see the right the 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 particles of light so i guess we don't see into the eternal realm when a spirit departs and takes on this new spiritual body but if you want to read a book called imagine heaven read it and see because when i look at this and i hear the testimonies of the people that had death experiences where they were revived and brought back, they have great testimonies about what's on the other side. So Paul is saying here that we are going to have this new body. He goes on to say, if there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last man, Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man from heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as this is man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. So, Paul's alluding to the creation account, that God made Adam from the dust, that God made man from the dust. And I learned in first or second grade that all the molecules that are in the dirt, the trees, the sand, the, the leaves, the ocean, all the molecules that make up the wood make up human beings too. It's the same molecules. I learned that when I was young. So to say that God created Adam out of the dust is no big leap. The point is, is that he had this earthly body and it says that God breathed into Adam and then he became a living being. He had God breathed his spirit into Adam. 
So our spirits and God's spirit are, are connected inseparably. And when we die, when this body is, is over with, we enter into the eternal realm. And in verse 40, he says, As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as the man from heaven, so are also the man of heaven. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in the flesh, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? So Paul gives us mind-blowing, beautiful information here. He says that our flesh and blood is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. That the perishable, that means our body, and, and those that are older, I think, than 30, know that the aging process has kicked in. I'm 60, so I know that my body is breaking down and falling apart. It's perishable. But the perishable will inherit the imperishable. And the mortal will put on immortality. So the promises here is that this body, when we die, whether we die by accident and get killed, because that happens all the time to younger people, or we finally just run out and our body breaks down and it can't go on anymore and we die of what is called old age. When that happens, the scriptures here tell us two things. The perishable, our body, will put on the imperishable. The mortal will become immortal. Now, it's my suspicion that the new body that we have the, the, there's hints and promises that in the end of all things, all dead bodies, even ones that have turned to dust, that God can raise and glorify those bodies back up. That, that me, right now, Bill Lloyd, will be resurrected body, soul, and spirit. So what does that mean if that's going to happen at the end of all things? What does that mean for the people that have already passed? Well, they have those bodies of light and energy, I believe. But I'm not sure. But what I do know is the promise here is that we, all who die, that it's not the end. That there's the kingdom of God that we will inherit. There's the kingdom of God that we will live in and laugh in and love in. And the, the, the scriptures talk about the kingdom of God, this place that we often call heaven or paradise. It talks about cities and, and, and parks and, and lakes and gardens and feasts. Feast. There's going to be feasts. Big, big feasts. 
we're going to sit down. And I believe that, I mean, I want you to picture right now. I want, I want you to do this little exercise with me. Picture yourself right now with the person that you lost and all the people that that person was attached to and love. It could be like my dad. So I'm going to picture myself sitting with my dad and I lost my son, Liam. I'm going to picture myself sitting at a feast <laughs> with my dad and Liam at the table. And one day, my mom's going to be gone, my brother, my sister, all of my kids, my aunt. I, in the end, all of us die. So I picture myself having a feast with my cousins, but particularly with those that are not here now, my dad and my son, Liam, and my family, and we're eating something, we're feasting on something, and Jesus talked about drinking wine, we are having a feast, and we are laughing, and loving one another, and talking maybe about some adventure in heaven that we just had. I mean, read 1 Corinthians 15. There's a lot of little arguments that Paul is trying to settle that seem to come up in the church and there were questions but if you pick out if you pick out the pearls if you pick out the diamonds of what he's saying what he's saying is that this life is not the end that when you lose someone to death that is not the end you will see them again you will be with them again and you will feast with them Paul is really excited here about what is going to happen. And he tells us that we will have a new body. The Bible doesn't spell it out directly, but I really believe that we have the science on our side. What do I mean by that? That people die and they're brought back. And the proof, some of the proof is astounding. If you read John Burke's book, Imagine Heaven, a lot of the people that as they were leaving this earth could tell the doctors exactly what was going on in the room. One man lost his false teeth. They had to take him out to do the surgery and they put it in a what they call a crash cart, some kind of cart that they would bring into the operating room. Well, that cart went away and when he came to and he wanted to eat his corn on the cob or whatever, he said, where are my teeth? And they said, oh, there were no, we didn't find any. And he said, listen, in the rush of everything, they put him in the crash cart. And they went and looked and they found his teeth. And they said, how could he have known that? He was dead. <laughs> but he was in the room. He, they get an aerial view. So to me, if you read the book, it's very compelling. But even without the book, we have these promises. We have the promises of this resurrection life that we will have. And Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will not die. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Your loved one is alive right now. Your loved one is with God right now, and you are going to be with your loved one again in new and beautiful ways. Now, please don't be discouraged if my words sound like meaningless talk 
or if my words seem like a pipe dream or they seem so unreal because even though I believed this and taught this for over 20 years when my son died I didn't it didn't nothing registered with me the deep grief and shock shook everything up and I said this this might not and none of it may be true and in this life is all I know and in this life I will never ever see my son again and it was a dark dark scary time to think that wow these promises aren't even registering with me and I might not even believe them they might not even be true but God was faithful he was faithful I would pray Lord I believe help me in my unbelief and what he was able to do in that I there's I am so excited and so convinced that this is true that it brings me great joy. Do I miss my son? I cry often I miss him. I I miss him. I'd walk a million miles to see him again. But I wouldn't bring him back here because he doesn't have a sin-cursed body now. He has an imperishable, glorified, immortal body. And the very last thing I want to leave you with is when Paul says, we shall bear the likeness of the man from heaven, meaning our new resurrection bodies are going to be like Jesus' body. And he demonstrated, he gave us a little peek at what that's going to be like. If you look at, if you look at, especially the Gospel of John, when Jesus came back, when he rose from the dead, he was in a glorified body. He walked through walls. He passed through matter. He could be there one minute and be gone the next. Beam me up, Scotty type stuff. I mean, he was with the disciples on the Emmaus Road and he just disappeared and he was somewhere else. My friend John Glenn said, listen, he goes, I think on the new earth, I'll be able to be hang out in Okeechobee sometimes, but if I wanted to go see my brother in Colorado, I could just kind of think about it, and I'd be there with my brother in Colorado. And I said, John, all this is too much for me. My key, my excitement is about who I'm going to see and who I'm going to be with. I know the deep is grief, and I know for some of you it might be that this does not seem real. Ask God to help you. Because if it's not true, then we came from nothing and are headed towards nothing. That's a dark, dark place. But if you look at the human eye, there's no way that could have just happened by chance. It's more sophisticated than any camera that we put together. So you know. You know there is a God and you know that these promises dare to believe that they're true that's all i have for today i hope it brought you some type of hope maybe some type of excitement maybe a little glimmer of hope that's going to get you through another day because remember when we're grieving like this we don't have to grieve like this for the rest of our lives we just have to do today make sure you're getting plenty of sleep make sure you're eating try to get some exercise 
I love you, whoever's listening. And I know that the grief journey, if you're listening, it's probably because you're on a grief journey. Grief and mourning. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me or call me on the number that is in the show notes. Lord, I believe, help me in my unbelief. May that be your prayer, and may you feel the comfort, the presence, the power, and the grace of God, that mercy and grace are all around you. And may you get a glimpse of eternity and know that your loved one is closer than you think. God bless you.